is that P there in pneumonia? It is very unnecessary. Bro, just take it off. It's, it's stupid. Like the P in pneumonia and the P in Poisson's, it's not needed. I just found out about the P in pneumonia this weekend. If that T in tsunami don't get the fuck out of here. Why is the T in tsunami? Why is it a K in Knuckles? Are you not entertained? Bad and got your shit together. Just be a power cup and stick together. Raise these children and get rich together. I'ma be down rather you sick or better. Homie, now we gon' get lit together. You my bitch, I want this shit forever. Drive my little bit crazy till her screws loose Baby, lately you been changed, guess that's the new you We done been so many places, want you to pull through And you say that I don't love you, well, baby, who do? Tell me who do? In my line whenever you choose to Fuck your mind and fuck your body, make her go cuckoo Yeah, I got that pussy train, make it go choo-choo And you say that I don't love you, baby, who do? Tell me who do? Yo, 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 it's JP on the FWM Podcast. Follow me, the Diary of the Strong Black People. We're here, still on the California tour. I got one of the up-and-coming producer, engineer, songwriters in the building, uh, Mr. David, a.k.a. D2. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to be here. Thank you for having me on. My boy is raised in the Cali area, so he is a Valley boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He is oh, a Valley boy, man. Um, I appreciate you for coming through, man, and taking the time and reaching out, man. Um, for somebody to be from the California area and to, you know, be so cool with Jalen, but to know that I'm in the area and you hit me up and wanting to come through into the, on the platform, man, that, that's, that's big for me. And I really appreciate that. You know, and even though you didn't know my real age, you know, I appreciate you. Oh, man. When I tell you this man don't look a day over 27, this man look real crisp. He in shape. He be working out. And uh, in regards to hit you up, of course, I just wanted to be here just to um, catch up with you and uh, be able to just kick it and speak my mind and see where it goes. I appreciate that, man. Go ahead and give them um, the whole spiel, man. Just start off. Tell everybody about yourself, man, and everything you got going on. Yeah, so JP kind of started off. Uh, my name's David. Full producer name is D2 Militime. Most people just call me D2. Uh, I've been producing for, a, I want to say, August of 2018, so almost four years. It's been, it, just, it blows my mind that I really kind of put that in perspective just now. But yeah, almost been four years. Um, and so many ups and downs in terms of just getting the process and building a brand and pushing music out. It's been um, a journey, but it's also been like really fun. Like a lot of people, when you get started in something new, you kind of just, you don't know what to expect. But you kind of, when it's something that you love, you kind of think like, okay, cool, this would be really dope for me to kind of get into. And that's what it's kind of been from the jump. Of course, it's ever had like little challenges here and there, but like overall, I want to say I've gotten better every single year and I'm just blessed to be in the position that I am right now. So it's cool. 
I mean, we all know the ups and downs because look at the area that you're in, man. Yeah. It's so much competition. Yeah. And it's, it's all a grind because not only the, the, the price of living. Right. But the, the thirst and the want for success and stardom. Yeah. Because it's Hollywood, it's LA. Right. It's California, one of the biggest states, you know, in the United States yeah. next to Texas. But for right. stardom wise, and you know, you got New York. Right. The city that don't, you know, it don't sleep. sleep. It the don't state sleep. don't sleep. Nope. You know, and stuff like that. But then California is where they say the stars are here. Yeah. And um going through your your journey though, like um with your producing and stuff like that, you you see a lot of rappers, you see a lot of singers, you meet everybody, but staying on your game all the time and having people understand that, hey, look, when you know editing and engineering and and mixing and mastering, you know, this is not a hobby. Yeah. And when you run it into people of respecting your craft and your time yeah. for them doing business with you. Right. How do you stay connected and stay in with that with, especially knowing you have friends that may want you to look out and stuff like that? I think it all goes back to how you want yourself to be represented, right? To be respected, you have to have some sort of like pedigree to where people can look at you and be like, yo, when D2 walks in the building, I know all my stuff going to end up coming out right at the end of the session because that's just what he does. And the only way you build that is by grinding and building a brand so that way people kind of know what avenue you've been working in. So I joke around and say producer, engineer, songwriter, but the list is a long list. Like that goes from like... Promoters slash managers slash marketers slash business and this and that. And to be more than just one thing and to kind of just keep yourself open to a lot of different avenues, it makes you more versatile. It makes you more uh, hireable because people can be like, okay, cool. Like he's not just this. If I need him for this project, even if it's just a small little part or whatever, I can bring him on because I know he's going to get the job done. But what I've always wanted to be when I first started making music is something more than just a producer. Because in today's day and age, the producer is like, you know what, you just make a beat and you send it out and the artist raps on it and boom, the song is done, right? And the funny thing is, is that in the producer community, like it's always been a debate between what is a producer and then what is a beat maker. So my thing has always been a producer sees the project from the beginning to the very end. Like the minute you start making that beat, you hop in the studio with the artist, you connect, you give tips like, hey, do this, do that, whatever, 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 to make sure the song ends up the best way that it can possible. And then you end up cleaning it up when it's done and you put that song out. That's a producer. And for me, I've always looked up to guys like Metro, uh, I love my dog Metro. Metro, uh, Timbaland, Pharrell, because they're more than just producers. You know that when they walk in the room, they control the studio. They control the tempo of the room. So ever since I got started, when I released my very first mixtape, like mid-pandemic in 2020, I've made it apparent to make sure to connect with all of my artists 
ever since the day I dropped my tape, which was only just beats. Okay, like it was nothing but 14 tracks of beats. Hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm all about. This is what my sound is to lay a foundation for other artists to be like, yo, I think he's really cool. Let me just go ahead and tap in with him real quick, right? So in comes uh, one of my homeboys from college who's a rapper. Uh, ended up producing his first whole EP, six tracks. Um, in comes Jalen, um, who had already known, like Jalen's really been there from the beginning. Like, like before when I knew I was getting my laptop, when I was getting all my stuff set up, when I was getting all my equipment set up. And, uh, I mean, he was hoping to come up with my producer tag. We was talking about all stuff like that, like from the, from the jump. He was doing his own thing. I wanted to establish myself in hip hop first before I started branching out to R&B and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, I met another artist who's one of my own girls. Uh, she does R&B. So I want to say throughout 2020, ever since I started releasing music to where I am right now, I not only have a reputation, but I have artists around me that know, like, this is what he's about. And this is the level of expectation he has when he's like in a mode for finishing a project. So that's why I think you kind of command respect from other people around you. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. On the difference of music is now. Like how you say you wanted to establish yourself in hip hop right. before you did R&B. Right. But it's like the things that they're pushing lyrically in rap and hip hop now. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy because the kids under now are just expecting to always hear drugs violence, violence, sex, women, yeah. women yeah. just all of that all the time. Yeah. And then it's like, I always look and I'm like, damn, Lil Bruh's in a good position because he doesn't have to wear that, that persona or that he doesn't have to do that because he's singing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Most songs really are about what you're feeling, right. whether it's whatever emotion of love, happy yeah. and stuff like that. And I mean, I don't know. I've never really heard R&B songs about killing Robin. Nah, or anything nah. like that. It's a lot of love oh, making. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of love making. It's a lot of, yeah. of grinding yeah. and grinding, stuff yeah. like that. So it's like, damn, to have that persona, right. it's like you're safe. Right. You're in a safe mode of just stay in that lane and perfect that. You don't have to be something that you're not. Yeah. You know, maybe you can be faking as soft as you are or being as emotional as, as you, you make it. But through your music of R&B, you can feel that naturally. Yeah. You know, but when you see people come in, you know, where you have to filter through your rap and stuff like that, what you what is your ear that you listening for? So I want to say spring or summer of last year, right? I already dropped two projects. I didn't know what I was going to drop for the rest of the year. I was thinking about it, 
but I was connecting with rappers, right? And it's funny that we started off talking about LA because like you said, everybody's trying to make it. This doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether it be entertainment, acting, whether it be music, everybody's trying to make it to get to say like whatever their pinnacle is, right? So I feel like every single producer goes through this, but everybody in LA say they a rapper, right? So you gotta, <laughs> it doesn't matter what they is, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how long they've been doing it. Everybody got a SoundCloud link. Everybody got that homeboy. Yeah, man, my homeboy rap. He in the, he in the closet. He been doing his thing since like CDs. August. He got CDs. He got this, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I was just going around meeting people, right? The difference between filtering people out in terms of like, who really got it and who kind of just doing it is really about like consistency and authenticity. You can kind of just, well, I can. I've always been good at kind of just being like reading people. And I mean, in terms of like, whether you really serious about something or not, like you can just tell like Kobe Rest in peace. Kobe, when he stepped on the basketball court, you knew he was about basketball. Like, you didn't have to be like, oh, like, did he really want to play tonight or not? No, like, you knew he was about basketball. So I went through a good three months just going through rappers who were like, who I was just like, oh, I don't think you got it, bro. Like, <laughs> I know you. I know you really kind of just said, like, "Yo, bro, like I'm the hottest in doing it," but I don't really think you got these bars, bro. Like, I sent you a beat like a month ago, and you telling me a page and a half is all you came up with in a month's time. And it would be moments like those, or it just be like flows wouldn't be right, and I'd just be sitting there in front of the computer, like confused because I'm sitting here like ain't no way I gave you all of this time to get this stuff done and this is all you came up with and it would just be like day after day different people here and there where it just be like now I don't want to say underwhelmed but it just be like you expect people to kind of just live up to what they say I always give the people benefit out be like oh you say you're doing this well shoot come back to me and show me how you do it it's like giving your time to someone and you really feel like, damn, when your time is wasted, you just feel like you need to be compensated right. in some form it, of fashion. Like, like to feel when it is good, right. that's enough for yeah. you, the compensation. Like, right. damn, that experience right. was lit. Yeah. I, I fuck with that. Right. But when it is wasted, you like, what you think of a million other things you yeah, could have fucking been doing? Yep. Like uh, every single, but but everybody has that, bro. I'm the hottest in town right yeah, now. No, I'm I, I'm lit, bro. Like take a listen, bro. You won't your time. Hey, you won't regret it. You know me Instagram pages I would see where niggas would be like, all right, bro. Like I got like five k followers here. I got people following me. Da, 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 da. I got comments here, comments that. I'll just be sitting there in the studio like, ain't none of your comments can save you from what you're doing in front of this mic right now. And it'd be like the craziest thing. Um, so you just gotta like keep your head down and you gotta keep pushing. And once you know what it sounds like, 
once you know what it feels like, you already know what you're looking for ahead of time. So that way, like you said, you don't get to the point where you already paid for the studio time sitting there with your time wasted. So that way you already don't have conversations with somebody about planning projects and you can't even get out a song because it's just not going to fly like that. So you uh, in L.A. is different. Uh but I wouldn't have it any other way. You just got you just got to keep your head on straight. And then just giving someone your honest opinion that nah, bro, that's not it. Yeah. People would take that as that's hate. Yeah. Like, man, you don't want to see another person. It's like, I mean, I can look through your comments, but it's like, is why are these people not being honest? Right. It's like. The only reason, if you really look at the time and day that we're living in now, a lot of people are just followers. They're just whatever hot, no matter their ears and their mind cannot wrap around and be conscious enough to realize truth because so many other people are backing it. You are convincing yourself or just, just consciously going with the flow and pushing it too. And everybody who like these new rappers, when people are saying, man, these new age rappers are trash. You're like, nah, you just hate it. And it's just like, we come from an era where we heard real lyricists, right? Real live lyricists that actually had meaning to their rap. Right. This has nothing to do with hate. No. This is solely the truth of, bruh, that's not it. Right. Do y'all not realize they're just pushing garbage yeah. out and y'all are not realizing yeah. that it is a brain thing where you, you everybody's not conscious enough to understand. They're just throwing stuff in your face and you're following along with it. If someone has 5,000 followers, just because they're, they have 5,000 followers, you know they're trash, yeah. but you're still going to push it because they have 5,000 followers. Right, right, right. They have 10K followers. Right, right. But you have the person that has a J. Cole flow, has the real type of J. Cole message, yeah. but he only has 200. 200. You're not going to push it because you feel like he's not popping, popping enough. Yeah. But it's like it takes other people to hear it and push it to other people to say, hey, bro, this is lit. Right. And once that one person tells that one person, that one person tells that one yeah. person, he begins to get to 10K. Yeah. But if someone just sees him at the 200 and they stop That's there, yeah. he's going to stay there. Yeah. And it's like, as a me being like, I'm, this is just podcasting thing, but if you really pay attention to my episodes, like, I really spend a lot of time on my music that I choose, the the reasons why I choose certain songs and how I connect dots together. It's like when you were talking about hearing people track and you're like, nah, bro, that's not it. I have this ear to where it's like, if I hear something out of place, my ear just start bleeding and ringing. It's like, do you not hear that? Swear. And it's, and it's like, it'd be like the funniest thing because you just be sitting there like, I know you can't be still going. Like, you don't hear the same thing. I'm here right now. And it's like, it'd be the small things that be irking me. It don't even be like, like, I've never had like a session where someone's been like totally outlandish, just like throwing stuff everywhere. And it's just been like, it's crazy. I've always been sitting there like, 
how can you not tell you're not on beat? Like, how can you not tell that you haven't even said a single bar that these things haven't even rhymed for a good minute? Like, a good minute straight. And it goes back to what you're saying in terms of just, like, we came from an era where growing up, all we heard was the Lil Wayne's and all we heard was Nas and Jay-Z and Biggie and Tupac. And the way music is now, it's less about music and more about, okay, who's hotter here in California versus who harder here in like New York. It's become like a, a like a mass popularity contest in a way where it's just like, are you even serious about making music or do you just want to be known because you want to be known? And for some people it works, for some people, everybody's got their own different reason as to why they want to start doing something. I don't really knock somebody else grind because, you know, at the end of the day, if you making money, you do you. But from where I come from and from how I was raised, it's always been like, from the moment you get started in something, you you pray, you make sure that everything ends up the best that it can possibly be. And a lot of that just got instilled in me from a young age to where I'm ultra competitive and I will make sure that the smallest things get noticed because I want to make sure that there's nothing that another producer can have over me to where they can be like, Nah, I'm gonna pick him over you because he do better beats like this, or he on another platform like this, or he even rapping on some of his stuff like this. I don't want to ever get to a point where people have to like look between the two and choose, be like, I don't really know. So in LA, people, well, I want to say people from other states want to fly to LA and just be like, okay, cool, I'm gonna make it. Like, I'm gonna come to LA and I'm gonna just start popping like this and like that. But the funny thing is, is that you got to work three times as hard because you in L.A. Like it is so saturated with people who think the same exact way. What do you think you have in the same mindset is going to set you apart from the 35? I think I just took it was like 38 million people living in California, all trying to do the same thing exactly the way you're doing it. I was at well, I work at Starbucks part time. And I'm at work yesterday and there are people shooting TikToks in the lobby. And I'm watching them and I'm sitting here thinking, this is what people who aren't from LA see all the time. Everybody walking down the street shooting TikToks, everybody on YouTube, everybody here a content creator, everybody here an actor, everybody here a musician. That's why I make the joke where it's like, people just send a link and be like, okay, cool, like check out my music. I mean, you know how many bots on Instagram do the same thing where you just got, yeah. we got all these comments where you're just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm 14 year old rapper from here. Da, 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 check out my music. It's just, you got to be able to be like, if you're not going to be like people who are just like unbelievably talented, right? Where you just look at them, you hear their voice and just be like, okay, cool, I'm going to blow you out the water. You got to be at least lyrically sound. So that way people can be like, okay, cool. He might not be the most talented person in the world, but at least we're going to think about signing him because he's talking about real stuff. 
rather than somebody who's just, you know, popping in screaming on the mic or whatever. So, well, you know, we went through so many different phases of rap like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we went through the Waka Flocka right. of the yelling and then the jumping around, yeah. the little John, the, just the jumping around, screaming in the microphone, yeah. the bone crusher yeah. and stuff like that. And then, then we go to the just the mumble rapping. And then when you first heard the future and you first heard the young thug, the young thug. then you heard the rich homie Quan. Right. You, you know, you go through these phases of music. Yeah. And you hear the different and then of the wave of where it's going. And then a while from like 2009 to 2013, yeah. it was all about the beat. Yeah. It was all about, all about the beat because mm-hmm. you had the Gucci pushing out so hard. Uh, you had the Wayne pushing Wayne. out hard. You had the T-Pain, T-Pain. pushing out hard. T-I, so T.I. hard. hard. Yeah. But 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 when I go to the Atlanta rappers like the Two Chains, the Gucci's and the stuff like that, the yeah. Walker Flockers, right. the save the the saving grace was, bro. They got so hot, so drunk. That's what was pushed in that in that time frame. We were just so drawn to True the it. beat, yeah. to the beat. Yeah. Like sometimes you didn't even know what the was rapper was saying. Yeah, the beat was so tough. Yeah, like being an engineer and a and a beat maker back then, yeah. you really had to set yourself apart. Yeah, and I think over the course of time it has only become more apparent in today's day and age specifically. Like you go from like 2014 to 2016 to the like the birth and peak of like SoundCloud where mm. everything became all about ad-libs and everything mm. all became all about like hype in general. And I want to say from that point on, from when you had your Uzis and your Cardis and your Migos even, mm-hmm. To now where you got everything is about making it a challenge. Like you're trying to blow up every time, every, every single type of song you're going to put out now is all about, okay, cool. Is it going to go viral on TikTok? Can people make a dance out of it? Mm -hmm. Can people do this? Can people do that with it? And I think now more than ever, it has always been about the beat. And the funny thing is, is that, when I grew up, when I was listening to music, I started out listening to classical. Classical was my very first genre of music I got into. I, I'm talking about from like in the womb, okay? My mom was playing Beethoven for me in the womb. I came out, I was listening to Mozart. I started off listening to classical music and that has no lyrics at all. And that's all, you know, orchestration and stuff that's built up. So ever since I was young, all I've ever known from when I started listening to other genres, I was always drawn to stuff in the background. I was never drawn to the lyrics. I was always listening to, oh, you know what? I like the, I like the drum sequence Kanye put on Stronger. Like I was always just listening to everything in the background, so much so that on Rise to School, my father would just be like, he would just play a song and he'd be like, okay, cool. Like pick out the instruments in the background. So I could I could close my eyes and just sit back and name how many different hi-hats were used, what bass was used here, what type of trumpet was used there, because that's just how my ear was trained. So the purpose of what drives me forward 
is that producers, when they get started, has always been crutched because they think they need the artist to get on. But for me, I've always been like in a day and age where everyone listens to the beat first, they need the beat to hop on in the first place in order to get popping because somebody's not going to listen to a song if the beat is trash. Somebody can listen to a song and think the artist is trash, but it still be bopping out to the beat. But if the beat trash, you, you're going to cut that thing off in like two to five seconds and it'll be quick. A rapper does not put down lyrics yeah. on his pad yeah. without the beat. Right. So, exactly. so you can't grab the artist and just say, it. hey, just put these to the beat. Right. You have to give your beat to the rapper. Right. You're the one that nine times out of ten people don't realize your beat is what's going to set the tone of how hype and right. how confident yeah. that rapper becomes. Right. Because I don't think people understand what music does to the soul of black artists. Yeah. When they get to feeling that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Depending on what you're going through at that time anyway, right. depending what your mood is, right. depending on what is the tempo of that beat, what instruments are used, how it is used, yeah. bro, you can take an artist, a simple artist from here, from the bottom, all the way to the top, yeah. all because they felt that beat. Right. And that's what they're not understanding. No. Nope. But you just going back to what you said about just closing your eyes and being able to hear it, that just goes back to me always thinking, knowing that having an ear for music, like being able to be like, yeah, that's not it. Yeah. Like you can hear, like, I think sometimes people can hear when someone's playing a piano and you play it off key because the key is so loud. Right. But within sequence, you also still can hear when the finger slips. Right. It may not be the thong all out of place, but right. you can hear when it's out of tune. Yeah, right. when it slips a little yeah. bit, but they gather themselves together. Yeah. You can hear little things because you're listening deeper to what's going on. We don't listen to the lyrics because understanding, like I said, you can play back some of these songs and people really understood what these rappers say. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, hell no, I'm not rapping that. Right. Do you hear what he's saying? Right. But you're just so tuned in with that beat because that beat does something to your soul. Yeah. It can it can paralyze you and you won't move, but your mind is just so hypnotized with that music. You're like, God damn, this shit right. popping. Damn. Like, and that just, like I said, as a producer with you, you control all of that. Right. You can control everything from that artist of when he gives you that track, you can do whatever that you want. You dictate right. how hot his song's gonna be. Yeah. Like no matter what your lyrics say, bro. Listen, when you give me that, right. I'm about to make you. Right. Because I'm about to turn this simple shit you just gave me. Yeah, it, because all you did was rap to a beat. Uh, right. I'm about to ad lib you. Right. I'm about to have your voice up, double down, yeah. double down. Yeah. Have you coming in places that you like? Hold on, did I say that? Right. Like you're not going to have the same song that you gave me when, when you, you get rapping. it back. Yeah. And that just goes to being a producer who sees the song from beginning to end is that the whole point is you really trying to mold something to where you think, okay, cool. Like you were cool here when you started today. But when you walked out of this room, 
By the time we finish the song, you're going to be at a level that you didn't even think you could reach. And that's why I've always found it fun just drawing the potential out of artists. So I'm like, okay, cool. You were really dope here, but if you tweaked it here and put it on here, plus this beat, like you really start saying to yourself, oh, okay, this is what I'm capable of. And then in turn, the artist comes back with more confidence and y'all just keep building together. And to me, there's no greater feeling like I'm a big football fan, right? Like I'm a massive Chargers fan. Yes, I know I'm gonna get, get hated for my. Fans. <laughs> hey, we gonna be, we gonna be real good. We real. Got a nice quarterback. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. a nice quarterback. But I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a massive football fan. But anybody who knows knows that the great quarterback coach combos always end up in the playoffs or winning the Super Bowl. You've never had like a, you occasionally you'll have like a really good quarterback, but a coach who's like, ah, he's okay. And then you might just scrape away with a Super Bowl. But the ones who build the dynasties are your Bill Belichick's and your Tom Brady's. Like people who kind of just sit up and just be like, yo, this is what I do for a living. This is why, this is why we're so great because I'm building off of you and you're building off of me. So that's how I've always looked at my relationship with all my artists who I work with, because I'm like, yo, I'm a coach you here and you were good before, but this is where you can be. And if you put in the work, this is where we're going to be at in the future. So I give whatever you give back to me. But going back to what you were saying about the producer controlling the room, more and more producers really should tap into the power that they hold because they think, okay, cool. You know what? I'm not really popping right now. I got maybe like 900 followers on Instagram, whatever. I need to DM this beat to like some dude who's got like 130K verified, like already been here, is traveling the world on tour, whatever. And you got to think to yourself, what makes you think they're really going to check you out when they got like hundreds of DMs of producers blown up their line with the same thing? So my goal has always been to build a core of artists that I've worked with and we all just blow up together. Like this is where we're going. I'm not trying to do the whole, like, you know, uh, I'll put up a beat on beat stars and cross my fingers and hope and pray that like some industry rapper is going to pick it and hop on it and call it a placement. When, like you said, I could be doing so many other things in that time of me waiting for said artists to pick my stuff on. Hey, look, you know what? This dude over here with 900 followers, this dude can really rap. I think he'd be really dope on this. Let's just get this done and let's just go ahead and put this out. The minute you're, the minute that song is out, anybody could listen to it. But if you like have your beat sitting in a inbox, like that beat may never be heard and then you got to waste a beat. Um, and then you just sitting there like, oh, okay, cool. My time is wasted. So it's just, you got to be able to like really buckle down and be like tap into your own power as a producer, as a content creator, because this is what you're trying to do. This is where you're trying to get to. Let me ask you this. Is yeah. that a lot of pressure and having it to be the potential benefit or the, the determinant of the artist? I think as a producer, there is that pressure. I feel like we're asked to do so much regarding to 
what is going to be the new thing that everybody's going to be popping their heads to? Like, what is the vibe that people are really going to be feeling to where this is going to determine music for the next four or five years? Music changes like every four or five years. That we go, we went from, we went from, we got boom bap in the mid nineties, and then you had everything in like the mid two thousands. We had your Fifty Cents, where all the stuff was all club rap. And then you move from there to what we were talking about, Walker Blocker, where you had like early trap and two chains and all that from future into like SoundCloud rap into now where we have to talk rappers and everything is now like rage beats and everything's your playboy Cardi's jumping up and down, whatever we got going on now. All the producers from every single different era influence the music change that we have going forward. So I think it's always about asking like, and I want to say like a painter when I see artists. So asking an artist to like paint something that's like never been painted before. You're at like a blank canvas. What are you going to do with said canvas? And that's how I always think when I open up my laptop and I'm about to create a beat. Like I never know where I'm going when I first open up my laptop. I don't know how I'm going to start. I don't know what direction I'm going to end up in until I'm already in it. And it's funny because I've never told myself, okay, cool, I'm making a beat. It's always been I'm making a vibe. It's whatever I feel in that moment, whatever I'm going through throughout the week, whatever conversations I've been having uh, throughout uh, like a couple of months of a span that made this possible to where somebody else can hear it by itself and they can be like, Okay, when I close my eyes, I see the beach. Or when I close my eyes, I'm picturing a car ride home with my parents talking in the front seat. That's where I've always been when I've made something. I've just been like, okay, cool. You know what? This is cool. And then you find an artist and they're like, you know what? I actually have written some lyrics to this, but like I never knew where I wanted to go sonically to where I wanted to sing a certain way or rap a certain way that makes other people feel like that. And that connection between the two is what then creates something new because the artist will come back to you and be like, you know what? Can I actually add something here? Or can I actually, can we throw another instrument here and then change this whole verse? Once that communication is established, then you're just sitting there like, okay, word. By the time you get to the end, you're like, never would I thought this day on this beat would it end up the song it is today. Can you, so let's go back all the way back when you first, when we first talked about yeah. um, when people coming into this, right? Yeah. Do people, can you say when people are coming into this, they have the misconception of not knowing the difference between an artist and a rapper. Rappers want fame artist paints and builds something for you for yeah. you to keep with you and it takes you when you're when you turn that song off you still think about it yeah when you're listening to it it paints a picture to you right. that you like damn i just took myself someplace but then when you listen to a rapper it only just gets you in the moment for that time for whatever that you're about to do. If you're mad and want to go blow some shit up right then and there, you turn on a song, you turn on a song which is really a rapper. Yeah. That's going to get you, that's yeah. going to get you crunk. You know what I'm saying? 
but an artist you can keep on your playlist while you're cleaning, yeah. while you're just chilling yeah. on the beach or by the poolside, right. and you can just lay and vibe to it. Yeah. And even with artists like J. Cole, right. that's something you can lay out on the beach and listen to and really just vibe, like on long stretches of a drive of going out of town. Right. There's certain rappers that you can listen to on your playlist while you're driving and it gets you there and it just puts you in a place and then you look up and be like, damn, I went this far already? Right. Or you didn't realize like an hour and a half had passed where you were just sitting down in one area. And I think the difference between an artist and maybe somebody who's just a rapper or whatever is that an artist is here to express themselves and they're looking for people who feel the same way and that's how you really build a fan base. My homegirl, who's my R&B artist who signed to me, her name is Sin Lion, and she is very much your classic, like, soul artist. I'm very much like her. You're talking about, like, your scissors. We're talking about... She's got some little old-school Beyonce background to her, too. But she's very much... Um, I want to convey a message because this is what I was feeling in the moment. And whoever relates to it, I hope you can relate to it in a way where you're just like, please save this song. Please listen to it. I hope it gets you through whatever time you're going through, because I just want to let you know that you're not the only one who really goes through that. She's very much that. And that's how I feel all artists, all, all true artists believe in everything is about an expression in which you can really only get it out through music. Some people get it out through working out. Some people get it out through uh, sports. Some people get it out through other different activities. But all true artists can just find a way to really when the pen hits the paper, I'm here to talk about what I've been going through. And I hope and I pray that however many people listen to it, this is how you guys feel. And this is where the term influencer really comes from. Like when you when you're an influencer, you're trying to influence someone to, to do something that you feel should get done. And I feel like all true artists are influencers. That's why all the so that's why all the uh all the labels and ARs and stuff like that look at your following and stuff like that because they want to know that you're marketable and that you can influence people to listen to your music and that you have a large enough fan base to where they can be like okay, word, if we give him the resources that we have, then people across the world can feel the same way he does. And it's rare that you find true artists here in LA because everybody has different expectations of what it is they're really trying to get out of the industry. Some people are really trying to get the bag and that's it. They don't really care about what the content is they don't really care about how people perceive them. Some people are trying to blow up because they feel like, you know what, the more people know who I am, you know, it just makes me feel better about myself and my insecurities and stuff like that. And the only way you build a true fan base or a true connection between an artist and a producer is if both of your ideals match and then other people around you, regardless, are just going to notice the connection that you guys have. And this is where we're going. So... I've always been attracted to like 
your Timberland and your Aaliyah. That's probably like one of my favorite producer artist combos ever. You got Metro and 21 Savage, which is right under that. No matter what album they make, you just know it's going to be hard because they know each other so well. They, they're running on the same direction that whatever they make, whether it's good sometimes or bad sometimes or like iffy sometimes, you know what you're going to get from the jump when you hear, oh, they hopping on the same track. This is what I'm doing. Your Pharrell and your Jay-Z back in the day, you got uh, Swiss Beats and all his artists that he worked with. So I've always been attracted to that. And eventually I want to build that connection with as many artists as possible because I want to be able to dibble and dabble whatever genre I want to dibble and dabble to. If it's hip hop, if it's R&B, if it's EDM, if it's pop, I want to be able to have one artist or a couple of different artists in each to where I can be like, yo, I was here one year. This is the type of music I was making at 21. I was all R&B because this is the energy I was feeling. And these are all the artists I was really going into. So an artist between a rapper is a rapper. A rapper could just be somebody who's just like, you know what? Hey, you know what? I'm aggressive. I'm screaming. I wrote these bars. They don't really make any sense. You know, I'm just here to collect the check. That's always been the difference between an artist and a rapper to me, at least in terms of just like expectations and commitment to your craft. With you being the head and the spearhead of everything, you know, I also want you to know that, you know, you were saying about the one, two combos of artists and producers when you know that it's going to be tough. But always know this. Everybody is a fan of everybody. You're going to be a fan of that rapper. Yeah. But that rapper is a fan of your work, too. And it's crazy how we can become so starstruck and not realize how human we all are. Because, you, you know, you hear a lot of people say, man, I went to go visit such and such and such, man. And we they took me backstage and they introduced me to him. And I was like, man, I'm a big fan of yours. And they was like, oh, shit, I'm a big fan of you. Right. And then we don't realize, like, damn. You know what? I'm just as human as you. Yeah. You just like I want I listen to your content or your music or your stuff. Shit, you listen to mine too. Like if I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody else to follow me, what excuses that celebrity <laughs> yeah. to not follow me? Right. It's not just for the regular people to right. follow me. Like we don't realize celebrities get put on by their regular friends right. on to the regular up and coming people. And when they follow you, you know, extensively, you know, extensively, you know, they become a follower and a fan. And you like, damn. But I was saying that to say this, man, as a producer though, you are going to command a lot of, and generate a lot of good talent because of who you are. So being the producer, a lot of artists are when they find out they're dealing with D2, they're going to always bring their best yeah. because they know what D2 does when they get, when D2 gets to their music, yeah. they're going to know what they're expecting. So they're going to A, say, man, I got to be on my best so he don't have to work hard to clean this shit up. Yeah. So I got to be flawless. Right. right? And then two, they're going to say, you know what? Not only that, once I be flawless, He's going to put this shit together. Right. So they're going to, that confidence level is going to be 
up to here when they when they collab with you. So you're going to command all the greatest out of everybody because the producers was so anybody here that for real wants to work with them. They hear Dre wants to work when they like shit. He want to work with me. Oh man, I'm about to, I'm about to get lit. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But then you hear somebody call you like Gucci. You hear somebody like the Migos call you, and you like, I want me to mix up your shit. Right. Oh, I gotta get right. Right. So it's like it's a it's a it's a give and a take thing that both have to eat it. But as a producer, you're really going to be it. Everybody's gonna come knocking at your door. Because once, like you said, your your content, your creation, your stuff that you already have, you have already set the bar of letting people know what you have. Yeah. So when they hear it, they already know that's the type of person I want on my beats. Yeah. That's the type of person I want fingerprints on mixing, matching, engineering my stuff. Yeah. Like you, we all, everybody in this room has a funny, good ear in here of music and it's crazy how contagious that is yeah like it's it's funny because i can listen to him you know in the room just run, doing his runs and stuff like that with no music and i'm like i wonder what the fuck he gonna put that with because yeah. this shit sounds annoying yeah. but it's like damn it sound good right. but what the fuck music he gonna put with that right. and then he's like hey man you want to listen to it and i'm like yeah, I'm interested in hearing that. And then I hear what he put it together. I'm like, damn, fuck that shit good. Yeah. Like just because when you don't hear the music or the music is in his ear, right. you just hear him outside. You just hear him yeah. outside yeah. with no music. So you're like, right. bro, what is he going to put making, that with? It's not making any it's sense. He's sitting there confused as hell. Just be like, okay, something really match here until you finally sit back as like, I want to say like an audience member and you kind of just, and when he started playing something for you, then you're brought into his head and what he's been hearing this whole time. And that's really just been what I've been trying to put out for everybody is that you're not really going to understand what's really happened in the beginning. Like if you were to just sit in a room and just listen to me create a beat, right? You hear artists do that all the time where they just sit in the room, they produce it while they cook it up. It might not make sense at the beginning, but by the time you get 15, 20 minutes in, everybody popping their head because they're like, oh, this is what you've been thinking this whole time? I didn't even understand you could add a second melody here where we're just going to start popping and everything just breaks down all at once. And to me, there's no better feeling than that because I'll tell you a secret. Most producers don't even know where they're really going until like five, 10 minutes into what they're already creating because the whole goal is to set the tone and what are you going to decide to do in terms of what the vibe is really going to do and where you're really trying to go with the artists you have in the room and whatever you really trying to feel. When you open up a pack of 900 piece puzzles, yeah, right. When you bust it open, you dump it off on it right. and you, the first piece, second piece, the third piece, you're not knowing exactly where it's going and how it's going to look. Exactly. You're looking at the picture on the box. Exactly. And then you're like, well, why is it not connecting just yet? But as soon as you get a quarter of it yeah. and you're like, oh, so now you don't even, you're just looking back and forth to the box. You're like, all right, bet. Boom. Okay. Bet. All right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But other people, I think the tricky thing is to, 
nobody knows what's going on in your head because it's yeah. in your head. Right. So we are only going, we can only, uh, uh, out of our lens, we only can go step by step of what you're showing. Right. Not of what you're thinking. It's like if you threw the puzzle box away with the picture on it while you were still trying to build the puzzle. Everybody else around you just going to be like, why did he just do that? Why, why, why did he just put this piece here? And it's funny because in today's day and age, social media kind of helped with this. Everybody attention span like five minutes. Hot and ready. Yeah. Caesars. Yeah, exactly. They want their stuff quick. They want their stuff fast. That's why you always see on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you see the producer playing the beat and it's like in a split second, the rapper will be like, ah, nah, I don't want to hear that. Or nah, give me the next beat. Or nah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And in turn, that's why all music now, every single song is only a minute and a half to two minutes long. Like, I was wondering why. I'll say from about early 2000s, right? CDs. We had songs, I want to say we're about like three, three and a half, four minutes long. Like three, like three or five. Yeah, like three or five, right. You had albums that were good, like 20 tracks long. The intro gave you about 20 intro seconds. The intro gave you about 20 seconds, and then you just had a bunch of different songs. You got an interlude here. Yeah. You got a different song here, right? It was a lot more expansive. But as music became more about hype, and bounce, and I'm specifically talking hip hop. As hip hop became more about bounce and hype and less lyrical and more music driven, the minute that stuff clicks, the minute you tap play, if that melody isn't making you feel a certain type of way, within two seconds, people are going to skip your song. And in turn, producers nowadays adopt the mentality of I got to make this shit popping from the jump. So that way I can capture your attention and people can kind of stay to listen to the whole track. That's why when you build an album, why uh, artists are building their albums now, all their stuff is only a minute 30. So that way, if it's really popping, people are going to replay it because it'd be like, okay, like this was so short. I got to hear it again. It creates that demand of the replays and the streams and stuff going up because you're like, the uh the regular consumer people who just sit back and listen to music are like yo like why is this song so short it's really good but you're always finding yourself clicking that song running the streams up so it's good in a way for marketing and it's good in a way for uh promoting because you're scrolling through instagram people only gonna see yourself for a split sec so you want to make sure that you have that person's attention for that split sec so that way they like your stuff and they decide to go to Spotify or Apple Music to go listen to the rest of it. You don't want to be stuck there for 45 seconds to a minute listening to something where you're just like, um, I mean, this was okay because then it goes back to, well, this was just a waste of time. This ain't even that good. And back in the day where you had CD releases on certain days and you just had to listen to other songs because all you could really look at was the back of the CD, the track list and kind of just, you're just kind of just guessing, well, I think this track would be cool based on the title versus <laughs> today's age where you can just pull up Spotify and you could just start clicking through stuff and boom, you already got a feel for the whole album, which is 30 minutes long, but you kind of sped ran the whole thing in like three minutes. So 
to take the guessing out of it, that's why all songs are like shorter than they've ever been because people have such a short attention span nowadays, especially that you want to make sure you grab their attention. And Okay. And is it fair and safe to say also yeah. that yes, the world is hot and ready. Hurry up now. Right. But some also, can we say we're picking out of some that it has to be to grab the ear, a quick impact. It has to be impactful very quickly. Yeah. Like from the time the beat drops, five seconds, come on with your first bar yeah. and niggas be like, oh shit. Like that first rhyme. That's it. Gotta hit like like you said, you have some guys that you be like, you haven't rhymed in a while. Right. Like, but the first three bars, you're like, okay, I can keep this shit on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to think that the time, the short time frame that you're saying, in my mind, not really knowing the back end of, you know, the deep insides of music, yeah. that the reason why they were so short is it was because it was a mixtape and not the album. Yeah. Mixtapes run differently yeah. than the albums do. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But then I, I I heard some rappers starting to adopt that, right? Yeah. Not really paying attention until I got to starting to listen to Tory Lane. Right. And he was pissing me the fuck off. Yeah. I was like, bro, are you really just gonna give me two minutes, two minutes and 32 yeah. seconds? Yes. Like, yeah. bro, what the fuck is this? Right. Like you and you're right. Like now, as soon as I hear that last part, I have to hurry up and press repeat because this shit gonna lose and go to something else. Exactly. And I'm like, bro, you killing me. I'm driving, bro. Exactly. Like you killing me. Yeah. Like I gotta keep doing this. Yep. Like fuck it. This shit. This shit lit. But bro, you piss me off. That's how. That's how. That's how they get you. And I think the way the meaning of an album is so different than what it was back then. Back in the day an album was meant to really tell a whole story. Like all tracks were meant to be listened to in sequence. So where you could understand, like, this is a complete book from beginning to end. Nowadays, an album is just a bunch of singles put together that you think are popping and that you want people to stay listening to because you know what? This is how you get the term, like, my album doesn't have any skips. Like, you just listening to an album where it's just like, yo, he's got, like, 16 of the hottest songs he's ever created back to back from top to bottom. And that's what an album is today. I'm old school. Like, I'm making an album right now where I have me and all my artists, Jalen included, my homegirl who I mentioned earlier, and a couple other artists that are popping around the city where they're giving their own separate stories. But if you were really listen to every single beat from top to bottom, you can kind of get a feel of who I really am as a person. That's how powerful the music I'm creating right now that's going to launch and later this year, probably in the fall or in the wintertime. Because I've always been drawn to the Lauren Hill. I'm, I'm listening from track one all the way to the very end because this is who she is as a person. And going back to what you were saying about the rappers who have their first three bars set up or their whole first verse set up to capture that whole attention. When Drake album dropped, not this past one, but Certified Lover Boy, me and Jalen was listening to that together on, face, on uh, FaceTime. 
And the minute Champagne Poetry came in, you knew that beat was fire from the jump. And his very first bar to this day, I've been high since the birth of my son. It's probably the hardest bar I've ever heard from Drake in a minute since all of his classic stuff. So it has a lot to do with the producer got to make this beat hard from the jump. And in turn of what you were saying, of the rapper got to come on his A game because if that stuff ain't popping, uh, the song is just okay. Or people like to be like, yeah, no, this song is mid. Like this, this, this just isn't it. Even let's go to the one that he just dropped. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people have expectations from a lot of these artists that the listeners have not evolved. Right. They don't, they don't give the artist grace and mercy to be versatile or to change. They want to hear that artist be the same. So they want Drake and it's just like, Drake's been kind of, if you really listen to it for these last yeah. few, he's been setting you up to kind of see that less rapping, yeah. more cha-cha sliding, right. more of the R. Kelly step in the name of love right, right. type movement. Yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's everybody's keep saying he's a, you know, a singing nigga. It's like we've been making that joke. For a while, but you're not seeing how he's elevating to really. He's been telling you, I'm a singer. You're getting bodied by a singing nigga. And that's where his music is going. And But people want to be mad about it. It's like, uh, that's what he's been setting you up. It's like like you're a football fan. It's like you have Derrick Henry on your team. Right. Right. You keep giving him the ball. First, third down. First to third down. Pounding, pounding, pounding. Now, it's a setup for what? Third play action, catch you over deep. Yep. It's it's a setup for you you knowing that it's coming. Yeah. But you have to stay honest to it. But are you paying attention to right. knowing they're baiting you to stay honest? Yeah. Because if you're not realizing that, that is how you get beat over top. That is what just happened. He's been baiting you. He's been running the ball, running the ball, each album, running the ball, running the ball. And then now he just play action, y'all. To get all y'all to be waiting up to 12 o'clock in the morning to get it. And y'all like, what the fuck? And it went straight over your head like a play action pass. Yeah. It went slap over your head. And touchdown. I think the letting artists be able to evolve is probably the most powerful thing you could have just said in that statement because how are you going to expect somebody to be the same person? especially for somebody like Drake, who's been in the industry for a decade plus, almost two decades now to be like rapping the same way, singing the same way on the same beat for years plus. I think to me, Drake is the most versatile mainstream artist ever because not only has Drake changed his albums from when whatever he feels in that moment to whatever it is at that time, but in between those times where he's not working on full length projects, Drake grabs a feature with everybody in the industry that's popping. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what year it is. It doesn't matter how good or how great you think they are. That's why we have the joke about the Drake stimulus package, because the moment you, the moment you get that Drake feature, you already know that feature is going to go number one. And he does that with everybody. I mean, do you think Lil Durk gonna be as cool if Drake had never hopped on that track with him two and a half years ago? I mean, he was on 
you got Drake on Lil Baby beat when he was popping and nobody really knew who he was in 2018. Him and Gunna, him and Savage, him and 2 Chains back in the day, him and Future when they had the collab tape. Like, Drake has always found a way to keep himself relevant because he's always looking for, okay, what's popping right now and how can I evolve myself to fit with today's current media, with today's current status. And the reason why people, to me, didn't really understand what his last project was is because they were expecting Certified Lover Boy again. People were expecting him to just repeat the same thing when Drake has always been the type of dude where you're right. Everything he really kind of wants to do is more Afrobeat-like, very Rihanna Barbados-like, very dance hall type EDM type stuff. So he decided to drop a full length project to me was the smartest move he's made in a while because what type of year we're in, we're in the middle of the summertime where everybody's going out for the first time in two years because of the pandemic. Everybody's vacationing. I just read, I just read an article the other day that like, uh, uh, flight tickets are up higher than they've ever been right now. So everyone's traveling right now. Um, so he decided to make it nothing but dance hall hits to where it doesn't matter where you are on the planet. This is the type of music that's going to be playing because everyone knows that as much as everyone loves rap, you can't just play rap wherever you want to go. Uh, And this also, right? Yeah. People, I don't think people understand the things that they keep putting in the atmosphere because they just say things and post things for likes. Right. Because you hear everybody keep saying, oh man, I just want to go somewhere where I could just vibe, chill, music is relaxed, smoke a hookah, this, that, and the other, kick my feet, don't have to worry about drama. Oh, I just want to just vibe, listen to my music in the house, or this, that, and the other. But then someone gives you that and you fucking complain. That's the vibe. That is the vibe you've been asking for. But then you complain about it and say, oh, no, that's not it. But he's giving you music that you will vibe to and you your energy is relaxed workout to kick back study two step uh, two step i mean the running joke was forever 21 gonna have like a, a massive uptick with this album because you can play an album like that in stores you can't play an nba young boy album in stores for people to listen to because you got kids you got mothers you don't want to you don't want to put violence into an atmosphere for your business a hotel a hotel uh, the elevator. It, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can play that Drake album wherever. And that was the thing everybody and their mama glossed over for because they were like, oh, like Drake's not really rapping. I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe he's doing that. Well, do you understand the amount of money he really going to make by the time we get to the end of the summertime because this album has been playing everywhere all at once? And it's... He's going to be every cruise ship. Right. That you go on. Yeah. That is going to be played for right. people that that's in a dance hall. Right. You're going to be dancing to that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to hear his songs in the, uh, the what's the show with the dancers that, uh, dancing with the oh, stars. With the stars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you that die. is going to give R. Kelly. Yeah. Album. Yeah. Of when he did that. Album, did that. Yeah. A run for his money. Yeah. Because of the change of the era. Yeah. Of how our style of movement is now, but people are glossing over, over that. that. They yeah. really are. And I'm like, I listened and I was like, you know what? 
It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And I'm like, uh, that can really definitely, man, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not even in the dance hall EDM stuff. Me, not, me neither. So when I heard it, just going into albums with no expectations, I was just sitting there like, if I was an EDM fan or dance hall fan, or this is something that I listen to on the regular, I can definitely see myself replaying this whole thing as many times as I want to because it's catchy and for people who are Drake fans or really Drake fans, they can really appreciate him taking a different approach than what he's always been doing. But we have to, we have to be true fan. They have to be true, true fans. fans. Yeah. And also you have to really understand growth. Yeah. But you, like you said, I'm not really into that, but yeah. I get a kick. I can definitely appreciate watching people dance yeah. to that. Right. But I also think people are so used to the dance, the songs that you make a dance to. Yeah. That's TikTok that you can make a dance to. The Soldier Boys, Boys, the Crank Dad, the Dabs, the stuff like that. You're used to uh, expecting those type of songs that you make a dance to, not the dance hall music type of stuff. And it's like, can we just appreciate the taste of other people and just say, you know what? To each its own. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's okay for you to really just say, you know what? That's not really mine, but right. hey, you had a lot of guts to try that right. shit. You got a lot of fucking money. And, and a think, lot of guts. And like, I, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I mean, he's great. You got to like, do whatever you want. And I think the main thing is, is that I really think people should just branch out and listen to other genres of music and really kind of just experiment to see what they like. Like, as much as I make hip hop and RB, hip hop and RB are not like my two sole favorite genres. I listen to all music. I listen to like when I say I started uh, classical music. I love uh, your garage band 2005, 2006 rock music with your Paramours and your Panic at the Discos and stuff like that. I love early pop music. I listen to everything. So I feel I come from a perspective of I have a wide range of music where I can just really appreciate whatever you throw at me because good music is good music at the end of the day. And you run into a lot of people today who really just listen to maybe one or maybe just two genres of music and they only have a certain capacity of music where they're just sitting there like, okay, look, I've only known Drake as a hip hop artist. When I became a fan, this is what I'm expecting every single time he really comes out. Didn't you say earlier that your sisters are 16 years apart or something like that? My mom and uh, my auntie are 16 years Your mom and your auntie. Okay. So do you have siblings? I do. I have, um, I'm the oldest of three. I have a brother, a younger brother who just turned 18. And today is actually my sister's 14th birthday. She just turned Got you. So when I only ask that, because a lot of that love for music and your ear of music and a certain it, the exposure of yeah. it, it definitely depends on the age of your parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like with me and Jalen being so far apart, you have to look at the age range of our parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So our parents did not grow up on this type of music. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They still, and then not even that, they didn't grow up on the 90s, 90s music. Like yeah. they grew up on 80s of R. Kelly. Then his dad, 
grew up uh, still having hearing Anita Baker. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Marvin Gaye. Right. Of going back into the 70s of when they're one, two, three years old. Right. You know what I'm saying? That type of music. Yeah. Like, it, that's where that ear of really knowing music. These kids these days are not going to know right. music. There's going to be a few of you left right. of knowing music. I think a lot of guys, like I've been doing a lot of reading and when I work out, listening to a lot of audible books um, on the psychology and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't understand that you know, a lot of people don't have a conscious mind. So you're not going to pay attention to signs and things that's going on in this world. If you don't have a conscious mind, you're going to be swayed by what's hot and what's not. You're just going to keep following the wave. You're just going to keep following that. But you have people like you guys who have foundations of knowing you don't, you didn't grow, you're in a different time because of your age group, but your upbringing yeah. is in the conscious mind of knowing of what's going on. Exactly. But after you guys, are you guys going to have, you know, your circle around are like y'all, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then your circle, are you going to start raising your kids yeah. the same way? Because if it's not, yeah, everything, when you make an album today, yeah. They're going to forget your album tomorrow. Yeah. Because someone comes out tomorrow harder. that's gonna be harder than what you just put out yesterday. So exactly. whatever your streams are yesterday, you better get all your streams together and make all your money from there. Because by tomorrow, yeah, if that person has more promotion, yeah, more light, yeah, this, that, and the other, because they have been setting you up like that right. for when uh 50 and who was 50 and uh Kanye uh album came out at the same time? Was it Kanye? Drake and Kanye, Kanye, and it was someone else. Um, they had already started warming you up to understanding how the popularity contest was. Because let me let me ask you this I mean, just because that fucker's album come out today, why can't I download both of them? Yep, why do I have to choose which one that day because it come out right? If I have some money, I can just buy both of them. Exactly. I mean, if I if I'm a fan of both, if I like music, just I just listen to both of them. Why do I have to pick and choose? Why do as black artists, black athletes, we always have to be compared to who's greater, who's yeah. better, instead of just enjoying the artist and the and and the gift yeah. that you bring, and we just enjoy it. Right. Why do we have to compare so highly of if you're better or, oh, nah, he gonna crush, man. He ain't gonna get these many downloads. Exactly. We all can just download both of them. Right. I don't have to listen to it today, both of them today, but I can give both of them my money and my support. Right. And listen and to... My streams and listen to yeah. whatever I'm feeling between two of the different artists. And I want to go back to the range of music. Like, both of my parents... I grew up listening to 90s R&B. Like, that was my, that was, like, really what they had on playing in the house all the time. Was Boys to Men. Boys to Men. Your new Silk. Your, uh, uh, main Condition, main which condition. is my favorite. Uh, I grew up listening to Destiny Child. Destiny Child, Aaliyah, everybody, all of that. So, 
you take what they were experiencing when they was young and what they was listening to, you really take a look back on the 90s. It didn't matter what group it was. It didn't matter which rapper you were. Everybody was popping because everybody was supporting each other on what they was putting out. It, when you really take a look back onto what the 90s had as an entirety through a decade, it didn't matter which industry you were in. If you were a talented black creator, athlete, actor, musician, everything was popping at that time. You had Michael Jordan, Bulls, everything was popping. And eventually you had Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Later on in the era, you had Tupac and Biggie. You had all the different 90s R&B groups. You had all the different black actors who were winning nothing but Oscars throughout the whole decade. So what that instilled in me from a young age is that I'm going to support you no matter what, as long as you give your absolute best and your content is good. I'm not going to be like, say, if Jalen and another friend dropped an album, oh, no, I just got to go with Jalen because I know his stuff. I, I'm not really going to pay attention to yours. No, I'm going to listen to both. Why would I not listen to both? Just because you guys dropped on the same day. It doesn't matter if you guys even make the same genre of music. I'm still going to enjoy both regardless. So we're moving into a day and age. And I've been thinking about this specifically in terms of where is music going into the future? Because everything is about viral and not everything is about quality of music. So I know for a fact that with my kids, my kids are going to get a very wide range of music because the way my parents grew up and what they was listening to, even though they love playing 90s R&B and stuff, my mom played me like 40s, 30s jazz and Harlem when I was just listening and cleaning around the house. So I got a jazz background from her. My father loves, uh, he loves, um, uh, what am I forgetting? Uh, 50 Cent and T.I. and all of them from when they was popping in the mid to late uh, 2000. So I got that background. So I got a little bit of everything in whatever genre because they just like listening to music. And I feel like if we have enough people within this generation, Gen Z going forward, where more people are just open to just liking and listening to music, then music will continue to progress into something where we can eventually have something new and it becomes less about streams and less about downloads. Of course, I want everybody to make their money, but it becomes less viral focused and more, hey, you know what? This is what I like hearing because this is what I grew up hearing. And I'm glad I'm able to notice the evolution of said genre to where we're at today. So, I mean, as a musician, it's kind of concerning because I walk around in today's day and age and I listen to some of these conversations that producers be having where they're arguing on whether music theory is legitimate to making it good in the music industry. I'm talking about like basic music fundamentals in terms of just what's going to make you good. Like, I think everybody, every musician, regardless of what position you are, should have a basic understanding of classical training in terms of like what notes are, what bars are, what tempos are, simple stuff like that. Because if you have that musical training, not only will it make you better, but it also make you more appreciative of the little things certain artists do when you drop music or when you listen to certain music. Like, oh, okay, I didn't like this, what he did before, but this key change here, I can understand where he's going. It broadens your mind 
it makes you more um it makes you more appreciative of different things that different arts do. I wanna say this one more thing. Yeah. I know you saying the concerning part. Um it is concerning. However, um I just want you to know that yeah, it is there's the the weight and the consistency of the contamination is too overwhelming. It's not gonna get any better. My my advice to all of you, because I'm gonna give you a prime example of why I'm saying this. You get in it, make your money, take your money, invest in things, and get on out of it. There's no staying in anymore of anything and being relevant forever anymore because it's what's hot and what's not. A lot of people right now are thinking things are the same and things last forever like it used to and they're not protecting their finances. And in, in a blink of an eye, once it's all over, you have not used your finances correctly. Right. So now you're trying to stay relevant and finding right. something to do to stay within. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've said that because going back to what you said about the reading notes and doing this, no, they're not teaching that anymore. That's prime example. I don't know about how it was in Cali, but let's even go back. We were talking about this the other day. Jalen, when he was younger, um, the kids are not taught how to tell time on a regular clock. It's the digital, the numbers. You can't tell the hands on the clock. Jalen, probably was one of the ones that that was the last, like they practiced it for a minute. Yeah. And he was the last one to wear it. Yeah. Right. Cursive writing. Right. They don't know how to sign their checks. They don't know how to endorse anything. Right. So just imagine if you just take those small things and you look at it now, you're like, that means everything is going to go that way. Yep. They're not going to take the time to put in the work for anything for the up and coming people because they want to keep whatever that they know to them right. and not give it to us. Yeah. All we're going to do is keep wanting to be in, right. be down, yeah. get down or lay down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what is, is going to be awful. But I, like I said, get in, do what you need to do. And find something that you love to do or something that you can invest your money that it keeps turning like that. Because the rap game, the music game, acting game, this is going to get harder and harder for them to morally keep kicking you from under your knees because you're going to be wanting more and more dollars. So they're going to be wanting to test your morals to see what you will kick out the window for more dollar, for a higher amount for more to stay relevant because they're pushing you to get the money and spend the money. Right. Go ball out. Go buy these cars. Chains, get all these chains. Get all these chains. Stuff houses. That's, stuff that's uh, depreciating over time where you can't keep that money and eventually get more back in return. Exactly. And this leads me to one person specifically is that one of my favorite musicians of all time is Quincy Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Quincy Jones started out as a trumpet player playing in bands in the early 20s, 30s, doing stuff like that in the 40s. 
Eventually, he moved on to composing in New York. He did a bunch of different movies and shows and stuff like that where he had nothing but music playing in them. He had his own music. Um, he did a lot of stuff with Frank Sinatra in the 50s and 60s and then eventually became a producer. So from when he started in the 20s to when he started doing his stuff for Michael Jackson in the 70s and 80s, that is like 60, 70 years plus of music experience. Not only that, but it always was something about loving music. And I was always something about whatever he felt like was going to help him for that time. He was never going to be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to just play the trumpet for 30 years. All right. I don't have any other skills. I'm not really popular. I'm not making any money. Let me just go back and do like a comeback tour of me playing the trumpet. He was like, no, you know what? I really enjoy this music stuff. Let me become a composer. You know what? The big band stuff was cool. But let me just go ahead and start producing and bring that experience and bring all those different parts of me into one room where I, no matter what I do, I always love music at the end of the day. So as a, as a, as a music creator, they're always, um, at least what they were pushing in school for me is like, hey, you know what? Go get your degree. Go do your thing because eventually if you retire, you can end up going to a college or going to a high school to go teach music. Like there's other ways, other things to do where you can still feel like you're being satisfied in the way where you love music, but it might be in a different field. Like go ahead and go do your thing and teach private lessons, play an instrument. You can do a lot of different things so that way you don't get caught up in a situation where you're, you know, you know what, like. I was like the hardest producer for about like five years. I just spent all my money. I feel like really depressed. And then you got people who are trying to take advantage because you're in the current state of LA where we are, where like, you know what, I can put you back on, perform here, and you're doing all these shows to make up and you get caught up in a bunch of different things because you're desperate and you need the money. You don't ever want to get caught up in an industry like this or the entertainment industry in general where you're desperate and need the money because then all of a sudden you become susceptible to what everybody else has around you rather than you guiding and you leading yourself to what you want to do. So um, I think everybody should really take that advice in general. And like, uh, hey, this has been a dope, dope conversation. Like, yeah. I'm so glad you hit me up and you were able to come through, man, and step foot in the rabbit hole for the first time, man. Like, it's been a great, this has been a great Cali experience for me, man. Like this is the first time, like I said, I've actually stepped outside the doors and actually networked and actually did some things in LA. Like, you know, they make everybody see me with my stuff on. Like I'm definitely a walking billboard. Like oh, yeah. always, like I go nowhere without my stuff on. Like, yeah. and it's just like, you know, other than that, everybody feels to start a conversation. And just in the complex, I've made more acquaintance and friends in this complex, this one, this one trip. And I've been here four other times. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's, it was so nice, man, to see someone at the age of the tender age of 21 that can hold a conversation and a dialogue like that and be able to actually give game like that. Like you gave me a lot of insight of because of the ear that I have for music. Like 
to take and move forward on what I've been looking at and looking into. And it's just some confirmation on some things that I really need to push forward on. And I'm like, I'm glad this happened. I want you to um, give everybody your tag one more time, man. Let everybody know where to follow you. Man. Let them know what to be expecting soon so everybody can follow. Everybody in your, in, in your area now man. is going to hear you on this. And now everybody on the East Coast is going to hear you too. So you're going to have so many people that's going to be tapped in. Uh, man, I just want to say first things first, just uh, so glad that you were able to have me on. Um, it's just, it's been, like you said, nothing but good vibes, a great conversation, uh, good back and forth in terms of just, you know, just discussing what's really going on. And look, follow me on Instagram. Check me out on YouTube at D2 underscore Militime. Uh, your, your mother, your, your, your grandmother, your auntie, sister, favorite producer. Um, I got an album coming out soon. It should drop around August, September, just so just stay tuned, but make sure you tap in Spotify, Apple Music. Got a brand new song called Empty Out right now, uh, featuring, uh, uh Jalen and my homegirl, Rad City official who's on the East Coast. Uh, we all been doing our thing. And no matter what you pick and choose from our catalog, there's always going to be something that you like. So I appreciate y'all. No doubt. Oh, man. My shirt with emptied on it is coming pretty soon, too, man. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. I, hey, it's funny. Like, I didn't even know she was on it. Like, I just seen that yesterday. So, oh, yeah. Oh, I was yes. hey, definitely going to gonna rock that as soon as I get it. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man, D2, man, for coming through, man. And yeah. this, this is definitely does not have to be your first and last time, man. Definitely any time that you want to come through, man. Anything. Anytime that you got something new, um, definitely you want to promote it. This is a place you can do it, man. There's never a limit of times you can come on anything, time that you feel like you have something you want to put out to the people just to talk about. You're always welcome to do that too. But more so, man, promotion, that is always open for you, man. Anytime you got something new, anytime you got something new that you got, even if you don't come on, let me know. I can push it and promote it for you. Don't be afraid and don't feel like, you know, you're being sickening, man, because this is what this is what the purpose of this platform is for. So I got you, man. I appreciate you. And guys, you are once again in the rabbit hole for the Cali tour. And this is JP on the LWM podcast. Follow me.
slick All up on this dude, you don't even Vibe with all my hands, you a damn hypocrite All I ever asked was that you be down for me But you'd rather be with a boat covered up on yeah. the shit Now you got me empty, my heart was